What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Kelly of the band Skating Polly over Zoom video. Kelly was born and raised in Oklahoma and talks about how she got into music. She first started out trying to play guitar, but she didn't want to build the calluses on her fingers. Heard her fingers playing. So her dad built her a bass guitar and she used that to write her very first songs. Peyton, who's also in the band, is Kelly's stepsister. And when Kelly's dad and Peyton's mom moved in together, they started playing music together. Kelly talked about bugging Peyton to join a band or start a band with her. She talked about playing their very first show at a Halloween party in fourth grade. She talked about the early successes of the band moving to Washington State, having to get vocal surgery, and all about the band's brand new album and the tour they're currently on. You can watch our interview with Kelly on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it'd be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Skating Polly. Amazing. Well, I'm Adam, and this is about you and your journey in music, and we'll talk about the album and how you guys got to where you are now. Awesome. That sounds great. Let's do it. Cool. Uh, first off, where were you born and raised? I was born in Norman, Oklahoma. And I was raised in Norman and Oklahoma City, like that kind of area, until I was 15. And my dad and my stepmom moved to Washington, and I moved with them to Como, Washington. Oh, wow. Okay, and, so 15. So what was that, like a beginning of high school? I guess it would have been, but I am... I only went to school through seventh grade and then in eighth grade, I got my GED. So I think it would have been beginning of high school, but I was already GED'd up. Oh, wow. <laughs> GED'd up in eighth grade at the end of eighth grade. Yeah. Yeah. Was that to pursue music or you just didn't like school? No, it was because, um, actually, because I was, I got an acting role in this like uh, television pilot for paramount and hulu it didn't end up getting picked up but i was like a lead role in this show and they wanted me to get the ged so that they could avoid like otherwise i would have had to be tutored a certain amount of hours every day and they were like trying to get around that so they're like do you mind getting a ged and i was like no nah, it's cool i'll do that uh, so right on. i did it <laughs> <laughs> makes yeah. sense and I'm, that's awesome <laughs> yeah. um so well what was it like growing up in oklahoma at least for those first 15 years yeah, um, I mean, I felt angsty. I definitely felt very like all these Republicans, all these Christians, all these, no one understands me and my dyed hair and my loud music. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, it was, it was mostly like in school, like one of the first questions you'd always get is, would be like, what church do you go to? And, and when you didn't go to church, which I wasn't raised, religious like it was like immediately it was like you were a little devil child um so that was kind of weird and then I thought when I got to middle school I like I got 
into this magnet like art school that you had to audition to go to and stuff and so I thought that I'd be like set I thought I'd be like everyone will get me everyone will like me finally because I'm in a band and they'll appreciate me but like even like the cool art school like everyone kind of kind of sucked there too to be honest I mean I did I did I found my people I have a lot of people in Oklahoma who I love for sure but I was also really bullied throughout school for sure and um but yeah no the music scene was really cool at first I mean we found so many great bands that just treated us like a band not like a kid band Mm. um broncho uh this band called the boom bang uh this band called el paso hot button which is it, it's this guy mickey reese who actually makes movies now he's gotten to make some really cool films um but it was his band before he was like now now i don't even i don't know that he's making music anymore i think he, he just was just directing but mm. um but yeah the scene was really good to us that's awesome and Cool. What about uh, music? How did you uh, get into music and what was the first instrument you learned how to play? Um, I got into music because my dad was constantly playing it. And I don't know, I just immediately, I really also loved music. It was just this thing. It was like, when we're in the car, I want music on. When we're at home, I want to be watching music videos. When I'm alone on the playground, I want to be singing to myself. Um, and and yeah, I, I always loved like singing and coming up with melody. Mm-hmm. And so my dad really tried to like help me learn how to play guitar or something. But I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't get over like building up the calluses. I yeah. just like I really hated how it felt playing guitar. And uh, I mean, I was tiny, but still I was like, no, it sucks. And also I was very I was more like I like bass more anyway. But my arms couldn't like reach all the way down like a, a normal sized bass. And I didn't know about short scale basses yet. Mm-hmm. So my dad had like heard of this thing called a bassitar, which like morphine and his other band, the presidency of the United States of America, they both had their own version of it. And a bassitar is basically two bass strings on a guitar body. And when you hold because of the tuning, when you hold the strings down on the same fret anywhere, it makes a chord. And so he made me one of those. And then that kind of evolved into what I play now, which is I I added a string and I put it on a short scale bass. Um, So now it's like the Kelly Bassitar and the only people who play the Kelly Bassitar are other skating poly fans and and Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) That's rad. So your dad made that for you? Yeah, yeah, he made the first one just like because he just knew that, and it was true. Like I really, I liked writing melody, but I, it, and so I just started writing these two note songs, and then all, the songs kind of kept getting more and more complicated. And he just, he was, he's always been so supportive and so like, man, if if you want an outlet to make art, I'll assist you in any way I can. You know, mm-hmm. like. He must be handy too, though, to be able to build that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, making the first one, it wasn't, it wasn't that hard. You just, we had like a really cheap red kid-sized guitar, and we just went and bought some bass strings, and you just put the bass strings in place of the guitar strings, and it doesn't sound great. 
that was the first one and then the mm. first one broke because it wasn't made you know what i mean like it wasn't Meant for that it's not like you had to do a lot of building it was just like replacing the strings oh but, got you yeah 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 yeah. i didn't realize <laughs> the presidents in the united states used that instrument yeah as well. yeah this like the two string version yeah right that's cool and uh so you start playing uh that this instrument and are you trying to learn songs or it sounds like you're writing songs yeah I'm sorry i'm chewing ice oh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry edit around that um <laughs> yeah so pretty much immediately i just started writing songs just like coming up with melodies and just kind of letting things fall out of my mouth and not really overthinking it i was just like so excited to have an outlet to like write my own songs to sing mm -hmm. um and it's, it's funny like still like we, we, we learn more covers now because we, we do like a cover a month for patreon but i've never been like a person who just knows how to play a lot of my favorite songs you know like i i, I don't know it's it's the way that I've become a better musician has always been by writing increasingly more difficult parts, like writing parts that I can't quite play or sing yet. And that's how I like improve my musicianship generally, not by like learning other people's stuff, mm -hmm. but I've been doing more of that lately. And it's, it's really satisfying. That's as well. awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So were you playing uh, before you had met Peyton? Cause you guys are step siblings, correct? Um, so yes, yeah, we're step siblings. Um, I mean, kind of, I always had instruments in my, in the house. My dad and my mom and Curtis and me used to have little family jams. That was also like the thing is like, there's like this very open, I don't know. My dad had a good philosophy of like, let's just play music for fun, not to like write a song, not to like make it anything, but just for fun. Like, let's just spend like an hour, like, you know, having fun making music, like no pressure. And so I, I was just well versed in doing that. And, and I don't know, he just kind of instilled in me, like I wasn't a self-conscious child about creating. Mm -hmm. um, so when I met Peyton, and Peyton got really into music. Peyton got really into like 70s punk, especially. Um, and, and then all of a sudden Peyton, you know, was like, I want to be in a band. And I was like, I've been waiting for this day forever. Come on, let's go. And she was like, dude, you're like nine. I'm not going to be in a band with you. <laughs> like, dude, I'm going to be in a band with high schoolers. <laughs> but uh, I, 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 wrote, I wrote the first Skating Pie songs. And I came to Peyton and I was like, but I already wrote songs. Can we use these songs? Can we be in a band now? And then she was like, oh, these are kind of cool songs. So then, then that's how it started. It's like she put drums to my songs and then Peyton started writing her own songs. And then I really reluctantly learned how to play drums. I was so against it at first because I couldn't hear melody in drums. And also drums is very much one of those instruments where like, you have to be a certain level of good for it to be satisfying i think mm. <laughs> <laughs> i feel like you can't like i don't know like if you you, you know once i got to a certain level I, I really started liking drums and i now like actually think drums can be so melodic and so mm -hmm. satisfying even though i don't really play them live or anything anymore um but at first that i was like oh, i'm stuck on the drums again once i started 
kind of challenging myself in that area more though. And to find the melody there, then I started enjoying them a lot more. Mm. <laughs> and were you, so the two of you started the, the band then at your house or you guys just practice there or like what was kind of like after you showed the songs yeah. and she was like, these are good. House, yeah, we knew for a while that we were going to like be a band and we always say the first official skating poly show was like, we we had all these friends over for a Halloween party. Like my parents had some of their friends over and I had a bunch of fourth graders over and Peyton had a bunch of whatever graders over and we had all these people at our house and then we were like, okay, now skating poly is going to play a show. <laughs> and so we played like i don't know four songs however many songs we had and we always call that like the start of skating poly that's amazing you're in poly. fourth grade when the band yeah. really, like oh my yeah. gosh <laughs> that's wild um and then so the band was going when you moved to washington then yeah yeah was that a difficult move um, to make uh no i mean i it wasn't i mean honestly like it's kind of dumb like I, there are still so many great people from the oklahoma scene who i still super duper love but we'd kind of reached this point in oklahoma where like it it, it wasn't like the people that we knew like our close friends but it was like the friends of friends that we always thought we were cool with and on the same level who were becoming really spiteful for for us having success and it was kind of like oh they're only successful because they're young girls uh, you know that's mm. actually the main complaint it's like they don't even know how to they don't even know their scales and they're getting to tour they're getting to open for punk legends and you know so we were kind of sick of like the shitty attitude mm -hmm. of oklahoma um and it wasn't really up to me i mean like my dad and peyton's mom were moving and i was right. really stoked about it because i mean we're moving to a blue state like there's like this musical history from washington state you know um it's a beautiful part of the country um but then i mean also like i guess the hard parts were like my mom and my little brothers lived in oklahoma city still and you know it was just weird it's weird the little things you take for granted when you completely move it's like now we got to find a new post office and we got to find a new like What's our breakfast spot? You know, like, I don't mm -hmm. know. <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. For sure. With, um, you said the band was already getting success and people were kind of spiteful towards that. Uh, when did you start? Were you guys playing a lot of shows and then you'd see more and more people show up? Or like, what was kind of the first uh, moment like that where you had some success that really kept you guys moving forward? I don't know what the, like, I don't know what the... Like a tipping it's point. always hard to like pin yeah pinpoint tipping points i mean i think i mean it was a big deal when i was just talking about this in a different interview but it was a really big deal when Xine Servinko from x came and she flew to oklahoma to produce our second record and that record took like maybe two years to come out or something or maybe a year and a half which wow. felt like ages it wasn't that long but um that was a big deal because it was kind of like we were just this band that recorded in our house to like oh my god the lead singer's ex is producing us <laughs> yeah how did she um, find you all we met her at a solo show of hers and oh, we just wow. kind of geeked out on her yeah and she just 
I don't know. There was something about us that made her like actually like ask her. She was asking us questions about skating poly. And then she was like, how about I just give you my email and you can send me any music you guys record. And she like kept up with us. And uh, when we sent her the first record, she really liked it and asked to do the next one. And we were like, oh, what? yeah, for sure. Um, I guess another tipping point was like, um, Cliff Scurlock from the Flaming Lips got really into our music. And so then we got to open for the Flaming Lips. And, wow. And like the Flaming Lips are kind of like, they're like, they run the like art scene of the Oklahoma scene. So if you're cool with the Flaming Lips, you know, so it was like, I'm not, Cliff's not even in the band anymore, but that was like a big deal because it just kind of gets you this built in clout with. The Oklahoma, oh, you wanted a freaky deaky, you know. Right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I could see that, especially getting validation from a band like Flaming Lips, who have been around forever yeah. and they're huge. Yeah, yeah. What well, you you mentioned moving to do a you know act for a, a TV show? Was acting always kind of part of your life as well, or like how did um, that mix into the music? as well like we are doing that both things kinda, i mean i always liked acting but i mean just like living in oklahoma i mean there weren't really a lot of outlets for that uh-huh. i mean we used to run like improv skits in my house for fun like we had like a book of like improv scenarios and we would just that's funny we would me and my siblings would do that but no i didn't really have an outlet for it. I could have been tried to be in plays when I was in school, but I was honestly so busy with skating poly stuff that I never really did. I took acting classes in school and that was about the extent of it. And then we, um, I guess another quote unquote tipping point, we got to tour with Kate Nash. Oh, and, wow. um, yeah. And basically Kate Nash's acting managers saw footage of us and reached out and asked if I was if I had any interest in in acting and I was like well well sure that sounds awesome so I started doing like both self-tape and in-person auditions and um and yeah and that's how the the pilot came to be do you do you still do any acting or miss it at all um yeah I mean I still audition I and there's been a couple of close calls, like on things. I'll, I'll get callbacks and stuff, but I mean, I haven't been in anything. No, I, and auditions are kind of they, it's weird. It's like they can come, there can be like three in a week, or it can be like a few months, right? Without any, you know. But yeah, no, I do still audition. I'm, who knows? We'll see. I think it's definitely <laughs> one of those things that it's kind of like not really up to you how much you get to do it. Right. Right. <laughs> it's right. Like, oh you froze there for a second did i freeze okay yeah 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 yeah. okay okay i didn't hear what you just said um you said acting is one of those things that you don't get to really choose and then it cut out oh you don't get to choose how much you do it it's not really like in your the ball's kind of in someone else's court 
you know, right. you're like waiting around to get picked. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I'm still totally down to do acting. I just haven't in a while. Yeah. And then the pandemic and then I, I had surgery on my voice. I couldn't, oh my God. I had like on and off. complete vocal rest for like two years so for two years (laughs) whoa so how did that affect the band were you writing still yeah it was weird it was like i guess a year and a half is maybe more accurate um still that's a long time yeah i just i like i was having trouble with my voice and no doctors were really taking it that seriously and I ran into Shirley Manson on the street one day, just walking my dog and she was walking her dog. And like oh, wow. Sh- Shirley's had like trouble with her voice before. And I'd met Shirley a few times mm-hmm. and she was like, Kelly, your voice sounds rough. Like you need to go see my doctor. Like this isn't normal. Sounds like you damaged it. So I went and saw her doctor and then her doctor was like, never in my seven years of practice have I seen anything. <laughs> or <whatever. laughs> so it was like, it was like very like, you can't sing anymore. Like, and this was like January, 2020 when, when I went in for that appointment. Uh-huh. So then we did, we, it was like, I got the go ahead. We were set to perform at Sundance Film Festival and we had two songs we were performing. So we did that and then it was like, then you need to like get, you know, get surgery basically. But then the pandemic hit and then it was like months and months without surgery because it was like only life threatening surgeries, <laughs> you, know, right. or, or, you know, like only surgery. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to say. Yeah. They weren't, so they weren't pushing you to weird. the front of the line for a vocal yeah. fix. So I was still having issues with it. And, and then when I finally got my surgery, then it was like, okay, no complete silence. And it was like trying to relearn how to use my voice was really strange. And to answer about writing, yes, I was still writing. I definitely went through big periods of like just being in bed and being wildly depressed, like not leaving bed, mm-hmm. um, doing nothing, like just like binge watching like the news, which was not fun. Oh, <laughs> or wow. or curb enthusiasm. <laughs> it's like curb enthusiasm in the news, which makes you such a cynical person. <laughs> um, even though curb enthusiasm, it's like it's a great show. Um, good one. But uh, yeah, and then when I would write, I would. It was weird because I, for the first time ever, I wasn't like usually my writing approach is like I I'll sing melodies to myself, like I'll sing kind of like the guitar line and or even the piano line or whatever to myself to kind of try to figure out the melody and sort of have like my voice not there. And I was like whistling and I was just trying to get better at guitar and piano and writing poetry a little bit and trying to write words to things that I couldn't like then sing back to myself, which was a, an interesting experiment. Yeah. Did any of those songs make the album or any of those poems? Yeah. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, a lot of stuff that I was working on. I mean, I was working on a lot of the stuff that's on the record, for sure, in the weird period. <laughs> yeah, was it interesting? I mean, when you could finally sing, and then did all did it work out the way you were thinking on certain songs, or did you did you have to kind of, you know, yeah, pivot your actually, approach? like actually, 
I was so nervous about my voice. I was so nervous yeah. that I'd sound weaker or that my screams wouldn't sound as tough or, but I'd, I'd worked with so many different vocal coaches and doctors and stuff. And, and I was so picky about my voice for this record that I really do think it's my strongest vocals ever. I really love my screams on it. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Like at first I was, there's definitely like less just like out of control for the sake of like, and I don't really want to do that as much anymore. Like there's, there's less vocals where it's like, I'm not scared to hurt myself. I'm just going to F and go for it. Like, I don't really want to make that the pinnacle of skating Polly. Like I'm all about chaos and I'm all about just insanity, but I don't mm-hmm. think that destroying yourself has to be the, the apex of, of like, I mean, I don't know. I think it's, I think it, I don't know if punk's the right word, but I think it's a lot cooler to make choices for the sake of like being able to keep making your art instead of, instead of these like kind of short term, like, uh, well, I'll deal with it tomorrow, which is, is how I damage my voice is because I would just go crazy at shows and I'd be like, eh, if I'm hoarse, it'll be tomorrow's problem. So I was purposefully kind of trying to write these parts that weren't super strenuous on my voice. And it's funny. It's like, there's a song on it that's about to come out called send a priest. And it's like a a little bit, it's like the screamy song on the record. And even that one, like I, it's got some really cool gnarly screams, but I, I think I know how to do it in a way, especially live. That doesn't, it doesn't hurt me. Mm-hmm. And but that I that I'm still really happy with how it sounds. And at first I was like, I don't even want to scream. I was like, I don't want to scream on this record. That's not, I sh- that's not what I'm about. And then we had David Yao come and sing on a song. And after David Yao left the studio, I was like, actually, Brad, I kind of want to go back to that one song. Let me have one more take at it. Because <laughs> just watching David Yao go into like his go into his brain and just doing his improv improvisational like amazing vocal like character like insanity i was like oh, i think i can do another pass and then i did and that was the vocals we kept so oh wow yeah i mean even going into yeah. you guys are on tour now i would imagine that would be something that would be scary too like am i is my voice gonna go out i mean those type of things i have to, i do to watch it like i just can't like i can't I, like sleep really really impacts it that's like a big thing with my vocal stamina now it's just sleep if I'm like getting less than eight hours, like even right now, I I feel like I have a little bit of a vocal fry. It's just, yeah, it's when I don't sleep as well. So then I try to catch up in the car. Um, and then, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm so deliberate about vocal warm-ups and steaming and um, just trying to think discipline, discipline, discipline. Because, you know, I want I want to be able to give all I can give. I don't want right. someone else to have a crappier show because, you know, because I decided to not, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not prepare yeah. the night before. Yeah, not prepare your voice for sure. How You guys are on tour now. How is it? You're in where? Houston or something? Or you're playing Houston? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're playing Houston tonight and we're, we're at a Bucky's between Austin and Houston. Oh, I love Bucky's. I moved to <laughs> in, in Nashville from san diego a couple years ago and that drive i think we we ran into about you know 25 buckies on along yeah there's so many i mean that it was like that and 
Dairy Queen, which was an interesting one that I've always seen. Yeah. Yeah, Dairy Queen. That's funny. Well, I appreciate you taking time, you know, and doing this. I know you only have so much downtime during these tours and warm ups and all that other stuff. So, yeah, um, no, thank you. Th- thanks for, for doing this. I have one more quick question. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. I think um, aspiring artists. I'm trying to think like what feels the most vital right now of advice, like what I would want to hear. No, I do think that I really do think there's something to like not worrying too much about technicality or worrying about being a certain level this or that or sounding just like, you know, like, like, like not worrying about recreating your idol's sound and just being you and just like having trust in your own taste and just following inspiration and, and making making things that you like that will always take you farthest. Like, if, if, you know, and sometimes it's really hard. Like, do I like this? Do I like this? But just, I think that's the best m- muscle to exercise from early on. It's just trying to like, not be something else, not try to reach some mark that was set by someone else, but to, just create for the sake of creating and enjoying it.